Welcome to BrainStream, featuring segments on maintaining a healthy brain and the effects of substance abuse. Our broadcast includes professionals, those in recovery, and those who continue to struggle. Topics include prevention and recovery and everything in between. BrainStream is sponsored by the nonprofit POSIFY, Prevention of Substance Abuse for Youth. We are solely funded by contributions. Please support our efforts by contributing on our website. And now, our host of today's BrainStream. I'm Myla Labar, your host for today's segment on the developing brain and today's marijuana. As a lifetime educator and a promoter of healthy lifestyles, I've seen the devastation of marijuana on teenagers. And it's not only on the teenagers themselves, but it, the devastation that it brings to their families and our entire communities. There's just a lot of lost potential. And I'm so excited to welcome here today the addiction specialist, Jody Belcher. Jody has a master's in addictive disorders, holds a BA in social work, and has spent many years in the field of substance abuse prevention. She is the producer director of the award-winning documentary, The Other Side of Cannabis, as well as her new film just released entitled Sobriety Road. Jody is here today to talk to us about the developing brain and why it is so important for youth to be educated about today's marijuana. Welcome, Jody. Hey, Myla. It's great to be here, and thank you, Possify, for giving us this opportunity. So today we're looking at the developing brain and today's marijuana, and I know you've included a lot of statistics in your film, The Other Side of Cannabis, but I'd love for our listeners to hear a little bit about the basics of why you see it as critical and what ages are we talking about when we say youth? Yeah, well, we're talking adolescents, teenagers, and young adults, and those are the ones who are most vulnerable to today's potent THC. And um, so here in California, the legal age for recreational use of marijuana is 21, but we know that the developing brain is up until 25, even up to age 30 in some people. What are the risks to brain development? Well, the risks of THC use with today's high-level potency THC is really the negative effects to the developing brain, and that includes mental illness such as anxiety and depression disorders. There's a link to schizophrenia and bipolar and something called anhedonia, which is uh, basically a loss of interest in things that were once quite pleasurable, you know, maybe it's sports, you know, or surfing or reading or something of that nature. You're just hanging out with friends and you no longer want to do that. Mm -hmm. Another problem is the risk of addiction. If you're a chronic user, which means using once a week or more, then you risk addiction at a 50% rate. That's a pretty high rate. Um, so the effects also include IQ points, six to eight IQ points in some studies, cognitive impairment, memory issues. We're seeing a lot of sleep disorders uh, with THC use. And from my observation, it's, you know, there is an adolescent or teenager, young adult is really not safe at all from THC. No, there's never a time for a youth that it's safe from risk mm -hmm. of these risks. And what happens to the brain, the pruning process? You've mentioned that before, and I think you talk about it in your film. Right. When we're young, we're born with numerous neural pathways in our brain, sort of like highways and roads that we strengthen by using them. That's why it's great to learn a language or practice a sport when we're young so we can develop those pathways. During our brain's development, we go through a pruning process to make the brain more efficient. And so any unused pathways, we naturally delete them in this process. The problem is with THC, 
is that we know it disrupts this pruning process. We also see a connection between schizophrenia and THC use. There's evidence now that schizophrenia may be caused by an over pruning of the brain. And this may explain that connection with THC. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And as a language teacher, I can really see that, that a youth that's a a young brain that's healthy just absorbs information. But when students do start to use and having taught for a number of years, even before the legality of marijuana, you would start to see again, the students not be as receptive to that new knowledge. That would be very challenging for a teacher. It is. A lot of those sound like permanent changes to the brain. Is any of this reversible? See, and that's how we we don't know yet so far we don't see that it is it's we really don't have enough long-range studies to really know um, it's not something you want to take that risk with so far we're not seeing that reversal now the other the other thing is vaping is all in the news right now both at the uh-huh, national level right. the state level the mm-hmm. local level here right where we are what what about the vaping um, in THC products? Is that any safer? Just vaping nicotine, we know, has disruption in the brain. And vaping THC is even more damaging. And there's oils involved, isn't there, as well? Right. The oils are what experts believe are causing the spate of deaths from vaping. Mm-hmm. Whether it's vitamin E oil or THC oil or combination, we don't really know yet. But what we do know is that vaping THC is around 30 times more potent than smoking a joint, the mental illnesses we talked about. And now there's an illness called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, which is cyclical vomiting and severe abdominal cramps, which is soothed by hot showers or hot baths. And we're seeing a lot more of this in the emergency rooms. It's amazing. And the thing is, too, the reason that I'm really happy that we're having an opportunity to spread the word a little bit more is that there's a pretty immense lack of education for the general student population about the dangers of THC and vaping and the whole vaping craze or Mm -hmm. fat, if you will. A lot of people think that they're somehow immune to it and that it won't happen to them or, oh, these are just off brands or knockoff. Uh, But we don't know that. We don't know that. And certainly if you're going to be inhaling these chemicals, first of all, vaping isn't a vapor. It's an aerosol. So it's not uh, just as kind of water-soluble product. It's a chemical. Yes, and I'm... people who are next to you, so if I'm sitting next to you and vaping, you are also uh, inhaling. Kind of like the secondhand smoke that everyone is so aware of over the years. Right, exactly. So due to the kind of omission of a lot of this in today's education, and at least in the public schools, what can parents do to help their kids and help their communities? And are the places that people can go for help? I mean, what is kind of the boilerplate advice that you give people? Well, first of all, parents have to be parents. Uh, I, I always encourage parents to know who their kids are hanging out with and be in touch with those parents or those guardians. Um, and be aware, what are they doing? Also, if you have an underage child, you know, somebody who's um, you know, under 18, you have a lot of leverage. So you need to use that leverage every way you can. 
And I'm a big advocate of drug testing, of having very, very strong boundaries in place, even for good kids, to keep them safe. Well, I think you've said this before in, in previous speeches and in your film, is that the THC and the marijuana of 30 years ago is not the marijuana that we're seeing today. Right, Myla. It's way more potent today than it used to be. So it was 1% to 3% THC, like back in the 60s and 70s, in a marijuana cigarette. Now, today, it's like 25% on average and up to 99% THC in concentrates. So I think a lot of people just don't understand that that has changed. Mm -hmm. What's the big deal? Somebody wants to use, let them use. I don't really care. But what they don't see is the impacts on the community, on our children, on um, our commerce. So we're talking about drug driving. We're seeing a huge increase of fatalities with THC in the system. We're seeing raging. Uh, Alex Berenson mm-hmm. came out with a book recently called Tell Your Children, and it's about the correlation between the mass murderers with THC in the system. So there's something about how it can interact chemically in the brain and cause this raging. Yeah, I've read more than one article that's mentioned that as well on some of the mass shootings and the drug use connected with people that, are, that have been profiled in that regard. Well, I think, too, the distribution, because of the legality, at least here in California and in all the states where it is legal, that's what parents really need to realize is how readily available marijuana and THC products are for their students. And I'm hoping that um, we'll get one of our board members to come on who's a young student who can talk to that about how easy it is to get it on campus at, at, at high school and how easy it is to use because they can't smell it, they can't see it. One thing that parents can do both at the school libraries and at our local library, the other side of cannabis should be, in in my opinion, in every single library throughout the nation so that people who do need a comeback or some education for their children, that they're able to watch that together. It's very, very helpful, and so far there's not a whole lot else out there. Um, I not only have the 60-minute film that I produced and directed, The Other Side of Cannabis, but I also have an 11-minute clip that we show. In fact, um, we just spoke with um, a judge, um, a local judge, who said that he thought that that clip might be very um, well-received by the youth because it's punchy, it's quick, and it gets right to the point, and they have very short attention spans. They do indeed. This is the age of social media and texting and Snapchat and everything else, so the attention span is of question. So people can go online and check out the film at www.oscdoc.com. That's oscdoc.com, Other Side of Cannabis, and there they can find the trailer the 60-minute film, which is available, and the 11-minute clip. And there's tons of articles and other videos and links. It's a great resource, oscdoc.com. Good. And then what, how, what does Sobriety Road cover? What's the angle or the message primarily in Sobriety Road? So I was curious how somebody gets sober with the proliferation of marijuana use, increased addiction, mental health issues, and brain issues. How does somebody get sober? So Sobriety Road actually covers a wide range of drugs, including opioids, meth, heroin, synthetics, alcohol, and of course, marijuana. You know, any drug that's your first drug you use is considered your gateway drug because that's the one that opens up the pleasure center in the brain. So this 40-minute documentary 
is a series of interviews with professionals and testimony from those who struggle. And there's great explanations about how the brain is affected by substance use. So anyway, the film's online. You can check it out at sobrietyroad.com, www.sobrietyroad.com. Well, that's great. Well, I know a lot of the people who have seen the movie and are in the movie have been very indebted to you for sharing their story. And I know it's helped them with their sobriety. Well, and, and coming back to helping the students, a couple of the other pointers, pointers I think, uh, that you've mentioned before in the past is the students need to be strong and maybe change their peer group. Yes, Myla, that's a great point. Parents need to take a look at, are their kids' grades dropping? Is their behavior changing? How about their interest in sports or music or other activities that they used to do and are no longer doing? Are they lying? Are they stealing? Are things just not adding up? And are they spending more time alone or withdrawn? They, they really need to check on them and see, is there a shift in their behavior? And parents may need to put some safe and strict boundaries in place, which may include drug testing, a zero tolerance policy in their home. And I think what some parents struggle with is what is normal teenage hormones and angst versus is this drug related in any way, shape, or form? So what would your response be for parents that have that question? Again, those signs that we talked about are key. And also, maybe they found paraphernalia or even drugs in a backpack or in their room. And sometimes the kids smell like marijuana or their eyes are red. Parents tend to know when something's going on, and they need to listen to their intuition if they suspect something. Yes. And then the other thing is I know that some students also need to know that they can always talk to their teachers or counselors. We have in, you know, t teachers, a lot of adult mentors that I think a lot of students don't realize that they can reach out to and not get in trouble. You know, as long as they're not under the influence at the time, um, if they talk to somebody about their problem, we also have uh, the hotline numbers um, in our county as well that somebody can get help. It's also true you can reach out for help if you have a friend or you're concerned about somebody else. Well, I know our supportive administration always talks about, you know, if you are concerned about a friend, there's also a, a program called Text a Tip to where that text will go immediately to the administrator's cell phones. It's pretty amazing to get to reach out and to get some help. In the long run, they will thank you. Yes. I also tell this to parents it's your job to protect and educate your children, and education is the very best tool that we have to keep people informed and to keep them safe. And I do feel like our wonderful legal system and law enforcement, for everything that I've heard, they are pretty much overwhelmed, especially since the legalization of cannabis has come through at least our state and in a lot of other states. Absolutely, it's overwhelming for our communities. We no longer have many of the school's SRO. School resource officer, yes. We no longer have them anymore, yeah, they're, right? They're, they're, they're spotty, if you will, on a lot of campuses because a lot, often they get pulled away on other calls related to police work, and so they're not always on campus. And we're seeing drugs getting into schools earlier and younger. Yes. I, I've taught I've taught for a couple of decades now. I'm on my third decade, and... Um, I'm, I'm shocked at how young students are offered drugs and alcohol and how much they're exposed to. It's pretty alarming, especially if you're, you know, if, 
anybody's listening who's a parent of a young child, and I don't care, you know, four or five years old, I think the education has to start coming early. I totally agree with you. With Within the parents as far as what's acceptable and what's not that our family's going to be involved in. And I think some students also need this indication independently because there are some adults in our community that are using legally. That's right. And I know Possify that we're related to the prevention of substance abuse for our youth is the message is well, it's all about the kids. We're talking about the kids in use and we know adults can legally use. And this message again is the big caution sign for our youth. Right. And we can't underestimate the kids. They're smart and they're interested in the science of substance abuse and the brain. If we inform them, give them the science, smart kids will often make better, healthier decisions for themselves. It's a matter of them getting this information. They realize they don't want to ruin their brains. They don't want to ruin their future. I tell them, just wait. Wait till at least you're 30, and then hopefully by then they'll make better decisions. Well, and I really, I really like this that message because when I've seen you talk to my classes and you give it that give that message, wait till you give your brain a full chance to develop. Exactly, and that all of those opportunities stay open to you, and that doors aren't shut as a result of your drug use or your drug addiction. And the bottom line, Mila, is that these kids are our future. They are our gatekeepers. We have an interest as well as an obligation to keep them healthy. We want them to succeed. We're on their side. Yes, yes. And it takes all of us to do our part to get educated on what happens to the brain when an adolescent, teenager, or young adult uses today's marijuana and how we as a community can join together in keeping our youth well. Well, I thank you so much for talking about, again, the developing brain and today's marijuana. Our next segment will be on how drugs took me to prison, which is going to be an interview with Carlos that's also in, uh, that gentleman is also, again, in the Other Side of Cannabis movie and in Sobriety Road as well. So I know, Jody, you have a lot of people pulling for you on your quest to keep people healthy and our teens safe and healthy as they develop. So I can't thank you enough for being here this afternoon. I really appreciate being here doing this podcast, Milo. This is awesome. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, they can reach me through um, info at oscdoc.com. So other side of cannabis, that's an easy way to reach me. And I'd be happy to uh, hear their questions or be in touch with them. Well, I know you've got so much education to share with your masters in that addictive disorders that you have a lot of quality information to share with parents, professionals, and students as well. Thank you, Myla. I appreciate that. I also do supportive coaching for families to assist them with this journey they're on because it's just not that easy. With a sense of safety, and that's what I think your personality is great because you bring them a sense of safety. Thank you. And a lot of experience um, surrounding, again, marijuana addiction and the havoc that it brings, again, to families and loved ones. For more information, I invite everybody to please log on to our website, www.brainstreampodcast.com. People can sign up for our podcast and, of course, support the work that Possify is doing to educate our youth. Thanks for listening. I'm Milo Labar. Until next time.